Welcome back to the show. Here's a quick question. Would you like to boost your clinic's revenue by 200 bucks per patient per quarter? Of course you would, because you're doing the math in your head right now. Remote therapeutic monitoring can do that, and Physiotech can help you do that easier. Enhance patient outcomes, ease provider workload, and just turbocharge your earnings. Kickstart RTM at your clinic at physiotech.ca. That's physiotec.ca. And where's your PT license taking you? Embark on extraordinary patient care adventures with Jackson Therapy Partners online at jacksontherapy.com and discover where your skills can take you in your career. Revolutionize your practice with that thing that you interact with hundreds of times a day. That's your EMR. MW Therapy's all-in-one outpatient PT EMR. Experience seamless integration of patient portals, marking automations, and your billing at an unbelievable unbelievable value. So unbelievable that I just mumbled my way through that. Uh, switching is a breeze. Check them out online at mwtherapy.com. Our guest today is a man who's journeyed from the lowest GPA in his physio class to becoming a master of orthophysio and a mentor to many. With 14 years under his belt and just a knack for building a successful clinic, this guy's uh, just got fun insights into this thing that we get to do in our profession. So buckle up, Maddie's on the show. Hit this one. There we go. Welcome to PT Pinecast. We've got full glasses, heavy hearts, can't lose. There's something about that. Uh, today, a man who's journeyed from the lowest GPA in his PT class, his physio class, becoming a master of orthophysio and a mentor to many. 14 years under his belt and a knack for building successful clinics. He's left an indelible mark on the Toronto physio scene. He's the man who went from zero to hero on Canadian TV. We'll get into that with his show, Matt Does Video. Matty Lag, welcome to the program, my man. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And we, uh, we, we, we break down borders here. We don't need to, uh, to, to show a passport when we, uh, when we do the show across the borders. Um, so I, I know, well, there was that thing that just happened. Was that the Niagara? Um, uh, it ended up being nothing. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, caused some trouble. crazy. Luckily, luckily the border's still open. It was like an EV battery, right? Get it out first, right? Yeah. Border is open, um, secure and open. All right. Uh, first question we ask, Manny, is the uh, is the hardest. So we get the hard questions out of the way first. Down the street here in Toronto, Great Lakes Brewery. Where's the camera? There we go. Great Lakes Brewery. It is the beginning of the week, so I did get their light beer, but uh, they make some nice IPAs and some stouts too. If anybody's north of the border and wants to grab something a little different than not that's not Molson Canadian, not Labatt Blue, and they want to try something a little bit more local. Hey, hey, that's what that's what I I built on, right? Right. Well, let's not. Let's not knock the staples. Now, right. I don't know if I don't know if you know this about me. Yeah, I was built on that too. So I didn't go to college in in Canada, but I went to school in upstate New York. And a lot of the kids I went to school with were from Buffalo, Rochester, <laughs> Syracuse, and they would like to them Canadian really? beer was looked at like the beat. It was like, oh, you got yeah. Canadian beer. It was like legit. It was almost like you had a status symbol if you threw a party and you had Molson Canadian or yeah, because it was harder exactly. to get. Yes, you know yes. what I mean, and that's like. But the funny part is, like, <laughs> uh, for you guys, it was probably just the regular. Yeah, oh, it was yeah, like the like, bush yeah, light or the. Uh, for us, it was not. For us, it was like, oh, ooh, they got Molson. They got uh, Wild Wildcat was like, like, or Triple X. From what I we were talking a little bit before baseball stuff. It's like if I'm at a Jays game, right. I'm drinking beer, right? I don't, I don't yeah, want yeah, to yeah. have to have show a college degree to get yeah. beer, um, or try to you know decipher the notes of uh, what's in right. beer. It's just it's beer, right? So this this. 
right. kind of right. falls into that as well. So this is uh, a nice local brew there. So great legs. Shout out to those guys. So I, uh, I didn't get a chance to get out to the, cause we have a really great beer store near my house, which has like, you know, around the country. And I usually will pick up a, a nice, uh, Labatt blue or something just to throw me back to college every once in a while, but I'm doing some local too. Yeah. This is the juice bomb IPA from yeah. sloop brewing, which is like down the street. Drink and I like, love, right? uh, I am, I'm okay. I'm secure in my beer hood is it's a fruity beer and I like fruity beers. So this is what I'm drinking. Drink what you love. Don't try to impress anybody. All right. First round brought to you by Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation rating. BFR, as the cool kids are saying. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com or they have their own damn podcast where they go an inch wide but a mile deep into BFR. And it's ironically called the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Johnny and those guys know everything. Um, so where do we start with you, man? I, uh, I figure we, uh, you know, I mentioned it. I heard you giggle in the background, which is, lowest gpa to where you are now which which although we've we've seen research on like like is gpa a good predictor of intelligence or or you know like potential in the future and of course the answer is no so from a lowest gpa to who you are now an influential physio educator business person like give me yeah. that point in your journey I, like you know the point when you I got to prove all the people like yeah i guess grades I, weren't I the thing man it was something else that i had or i worked at for better or worse, kind of, you know, carry around. I've heard other people uh, say yeah. this as well. It's like, you never feel like you've hit that point. You've sometimes, it, you know, the, the thing that ticks in my head and ticks in a lot of people's head is that you feel like there's this constant conflict. There's a constant battle that you're, you're doing. Right. I, I always say, I, you know, I, I love, especially, you know, through the internet and everything. And we've, we've seen people and they're like, you know, this is my nighttime routine and my morning routine and I journal and I meditate and I stretch and drink a liter of water in the morning and I wake up angry, right? Like I, that's, right. that's what gets me out of bed. I'm like, oh man, I hate this. Like, let me get on with this. But that's, that, that's just kind of what, what kind of makes me tick. So I don't, I don't know if I've ever or if I ever will. As I've gotten older, I've tried to maybe appreciate, show a little bit more gratitude for where I've, uh, I've been, where I've come from. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just it's it's constant, right? Because like, you know, I told you, it's the, I know I, I shouldn't have known. I, I mistakenly found out that I was the lowest GPA to get in at U of T. Um, and you know, you know, you get through it. I always tell people I got called into the dean's office twice for low marks. Um, not quite, not failing marks, but like they're like, hey, buddy, you're on the you're on the the line here. And I was like, okay, um, you know, you pull your socks up a little bit. Then you get to the right. licensing exams, right. and uh, here in Canada, we have you got a written exam, and then you have a practical component afterwards once you've passed that. And I had pretty decent marks on the practical, but I just managed to pass. I think it was like thirteen out of seventeen stations, or something like that. And yeah, kind of just got by again. And I was like, wow, is this this is just me, right? So, uh, you know, I probably keep that a little bit, uh, like I said, a chip on my shoulder. Um, I do find it hilarious a bit when I get to get up in front of a class more than anything and, and talk. And when I got my first badge as a, a you know, a part-time instructor at one of the colleges up here, yeah. I did yeah, yeah, reach yeah, out yeah, to yeah. my, my old uh, prof at U of T, my old ortho prof. And I said, would you, would you put money on this? <laughs> and he just laughed. He laughed. He said, my picture was better now than it was before. So because when I came into physio school, I had uh, you know, your classic <laughs> hockey hair, right? So it, it was big. It was down to here. It was curly. I had the 
I had the flow, the, the lettuce up top. It looked like I was going fast because the curls under the hat made me look like I was always, yeah. I was always, flow. I was going somewhere, but never really going anywhere, to be honest. Right, right. Well, that's got to be good, right? It's, um, <laughs> you know, Groucho Marx famously said, like, I would never, I would never want to belong to a, any club that would actually have me as a member, right? So, and that's, that's got to kind of drive you, right? Like, you don't belong here. It's almost like that fight club mentality. It's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to prove that not only do I belong here, but I'm going to accelerate here. So, like, that's, yeah. that's yeah. motivation. But let's go deeper. Like, why? Because my undergraduate yes. GPA was a 2-4. But here's why. Because I slept at the college radio station. Because I was like, I am eating and sleeping and breathing this thing that I came here for. I'll go to class and I understand the mm -hmm. importance. But I'm like, I was there to, and I understood. Like, when you're done with this, it's going to be chops. And it's going to be, do you speak the language? And I realized, like, really quickly, and it's a weird thing, like radio, but physio too, which is like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of it that, I mean, I don't know the percentage, but like a lot of it that you've got to, you want to jump in and just do. So, so where was that for you? Were you, were you bored? Because research has shown like, you know, the kid with the bad grades and he's wow. under, you know, not living up to his potential. Well, Sometimes he's just point, bored with what you're putting in front of him and he's doing other things. So he looks not engaged, but like, what was it for you? Class, you just, what was distracted. it? Um, luckily, you know, when, when we were, when we were in school, we, you know, not everybody yeah. had a laptop with, with them yeah. or, or an iPhone. Cause I don't know if I probably would have got through if that, if I had those things to, you know, take my mind off. Right, it. But right. I was always definitely more of a, a hands-on learner. So right. I, I don't think that didactic scholastic way of teaching really ever stuck with me as well as it could have otherwise. And I was always just waiting to get into the lab, right. And into the practical labs and, being at internships or day trips and actually being able to, oh, hey, we learned about a condition. Yeah. Now here's how we actually apply that tactile stimulation definitely was better for me. And I, you know, maybe I didn't realize it until later on or else right. I could have maybe leaned into it a little bit better. So uh, I also, I think the uh, the way of like discussing conditions or right. education in, on, on any way. So I know that's something I tried to bring into my teaching is more of a discussion based as opposed to just like, Hey, here's your PowerPoints. Let's talk through nobody. I always think like, why do you want to listen to me at eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday? Right. Like Sage I don't on want stage. to be here on a Monday teaching. So let, let's make this a little bit more engaging. Let's try to get a little bit more of those neurons connecting right. and, and, you know, in being involved with that learning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. You, you, you sort of, you sort of became the instructor you wish there was exactly. and not saying that th there was anything wrong with that instructor or those instructors you had, but you're like, mm. not everybody learns a certain way, right? This whole podcast is sort of like set around conversation, not necessarily presentation, mm -hmm. right? There's a time and place for presentations. Mm -hmm. If they're, but in my mind, if they're done in a, a conversational manner, we call those Ted talks and those things resonate mm -hmm. because they sort of take the, they sort of take yes. um, the audience, but also the delivery of that in mind. Physio is, by definition or by practice, like very movement and very, you know, yeah, has an opportunity to be engaging. That, that, and if it's not, I mean, believe me, I zoned out a couple of times on lectures. I'm like, I'm never going to sitting you know, through a pediatric now. lecture and you're like, I'm not going in that world. The last thing you're doing is yeah. you're like, okay, what do I need to memorize here? And like, get it over with. But I do love what you just said. We're, and I guess I, right, I see a lot right, of right. similarities between, what you, you know, your background in right. radio and, and, and into physio. And when I met you, I, at first I was like, wow, that's kind of an interesting kind of, jump but then you know over time i've come to appreciate that a lot more because you know what we do as physios is even in a clinical setting is it's a story right and we we forget 
And I see this a lot with younger physios. It's they want to come out and they want to show it is whether it's imposter syndrome or they feel insecure. They want to show that client how much they know. And it becomes about the therapist themselves and their story as opposed to it is telling stories and educating yeah. and making it about that, making it about the yes. patient, right? Or the client, however you want to discuss it. It's, it's a little bit of that. Um, it's the, the Disney storybook kind of metaphor, yes. right? And, and, you know, we're just a, a small little sliver chapter maybe a poem in that person's day or that journey but we've got to make they've got an expectation of what physio is and an injury right. and where it gets to and how it closes and we've got to be able to fill those pages a little bit with their expectation and our expertise and and helping them through that journey and i think a lot of radio um now maybe more podcasting is very much that as well yeah. Yeah. yes you, yes. you mentioned like storybook journey, like there's a, the, 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 the hero's journey is like essentially a story framework. And once you see it, go Google it or look at an image on, on, on Google of the, of the framework. And then you'll see most of your favorite movies, right? There's a character who's given a quest. He does, yeah. he's reluctant. He doesn't want to do it. He, and then he meets, and this is Donald Miller's building, building a story brand. If you've read it, he meets a guide. And that's where, like, take any of those, like, hero movies, right? Yoda is the famous one. Right? Yoda is the guide for Luke. Yoda doesn't talk about himself. He doesn't brag about himself. And I think that's where yes. a lot of disconnect happens. In And again, I'm just doing the, the parallels exactly. between physio and communications or physio marketing. This is because it's about people. That's why it's a very similar thing. It starts and ends with people. And when you in marketing or you in physio position yourself as the hero of a story, you lose the audience. Because if this is your story, I don't know where I fit. And if this is my story and you fit as the guide that will help me go from this to this thing I want to do, whatever that is, and that's the cool part is it's sort of open-ended, then I understand and I'm at least willing to be like, okay, I'll listen to what you have to say. But I think you're right. And I think most of the time when it's done you know, wrong, and I'm using air quotes, it's because, and I was guilty of this myself, as a PT student or new grad, I just, I, I would just, I was like, oh, I, I think I'm just supposed to like now tell this person how much I know so they know that I know. And I actually called bullshit recently on a reel that I did real quick. And the yeah. quote is, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I was like, I don't think that's true. I actually think people care. Yeah. Does this person know yes. and yeah. understand what my problem is and can they help me fix it? Like, I don't really care how much you know. That's a brag. And do I care about that? It's nice. Man, I, I, but I like, do you see me? Do you understand me? Can you help me? I, I then I'll pay attention said, to you. And I was looking in the camera facing me and I'm like, I'm doing the thing that Jerry Durham does when he, when he, it's like the smirk and the yes, yes. I love, I love it. I love it. And I just, I just caught myself doing that as I just saw a Twitter message from him mm -hmm, coming, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> apropos at that time, Pro probably nothing important about physio in the world, just something about baseball. He's messing with me, but <laughs> <laughs> bragging about that i'm sure right but uh that, that's that's it I mean, the it's or whatever i'm gonna just kind of jump yeah. on the side of the story kind of parallel to this i was able to learn that from my last ortho internship from a physio who you know at the time we're talking 2000 late 2009 um just and i don't know how it was you know in, in new york state or how it's been going to the u.s at that particular time but that's basically when there was a movement of like boutique clinics just starting up in Toronto, which hey, this, that's what we built. Right. So no, no, you know, slag on that, but I was at a yeah. kind of a, a mill physio clinic. So nobody else wanted the internship and it was a physio who was, I mean, he was 64 at the time. I always tell people he looked like Sigmund Freud. If he lifted weights, 
big bald head, big white beard, glasses up and down, wore a gray sweater and khaki slacks every day. This old Polish man, and he was rough around the edges, but had clients waiting around the block for him. And, you know, he just threw questions he would ask me. He'd be playing jazz music or something, and he'd be like, Matt, do you know who that is? And then, you know, you need to make it more about them, and you need to have more of a worldview than just what you just spent the last six years learning about. You're not going to be successful in a people business by just knowing the articulation and glides yeah. of joints and the insertion point of muscles and ligaments and the healing time of uh, an ACL tear. He's like, that's great, but you need to expand your knowledge. You need to find these things. Like, like you need to look, I f- I'm forgetting the name of the other book um, that dives into the, the story, uh, the storytelling as well, but you need to, you need to learn things about this and the human experience. And you need to understand how we exist within this more complex world. Right. And, and what that means. And I think that's, again, it goes back to what you were saying about caring yes. about people and making it a p- patient person, patient first process and understanding where you fit into that story every time. Right. And Correct. that's why I, you know, we spent so much time initially when we were building the clinics and it was all about, you know, getting it and actually like getting a designer to actually build the space, make it an inviting space, getting rid of those old school curtains that get dirty and, you know, making sure there is, we were playing music, you know, on, on speakers, yes, um, you know, making sure the colors were bright and inviting and the space was friendly and having, you know, just little things to try to find your way into that person's story. Because, um, yeah, we always want these great client stories where, you know, I see them for 10 years and 15 years on and off. But the majority of people you're ever going to meet as a, as a therapist are going to be three weeks, six weeks at a time. You're never going to see them again. You just got to find a way to get out of your own way. And actually find your way into their story a little bit better, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's not, and that's simple, but not easy. Like, it, well, if there's the hero's journey formula, it must be simple. Um, and that might be true, but I bet you that physio with the gray sweater and and the khakis, um, who had been doing it for a long time, understood that it involved a lot of listening and then processing and then maybe not, you know, thinking about what he was going to say before he said it. Because doing that with humans is going to change, and it, you can't find that stuff in the patient chart before you see them. You have to under, you try to understand it, it, it a person is, as much as, as you can. It's, it's simple, but not easy. I have similar experience with this because I know you. You know, you talk and meet a lot of other professionals and patients, and um, I've noticed even a difference in generational communication style as well, right? Um, and I always think, you know, when we were growing up, and you thought, you oh, know, sure, generation is like sure. twenty years, right? And there's like kind of a a consistency amongst those generations, but I think as media specifically changes, right? And it's the, the change in media just keeps shrinking these these generational gaps more and more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we have to continue to strive as sure. healthcare in general, right? Is to strive to find ways to communicate and connect, um, whether it's with employees or coworkers or bosses or patients, right? And it, it's it's got to be a continuous education on our on ourselves right and we we have like you said it's not it's easy but it's complex and and taking the time to, to work on that as well yeah 100 you mentioned the clinics that we built how do you describe them to people people are like yeah. all right paint me a picture because all clinics are the same so right they're just clinics build, but i'm using air quotes uh, on a podcast they're not the same so talk about what you built in, in the simplest sense of terms like that not ever been good with a let's say an elevator pitch but you know we went out and we built a boutique okay. patient forward clinic that we felt we wanted 
good clinicians to find to be able to build and stay um, and, and, you know, watch their career grow as well. Because that's something that me and my business partner at the time found that we were getting frustrated with, you know, whether it was the owners of the place, whether it was the managers at the place, the type of clientele, whatever it was, sure. it felt like there was a roadblock to where we wanted to get to. So we wanted to create that place that we felt like, hey, if we can create a place that we want to work at and we stay true to that, one, we'll get better, we'll get better people. Um, and we'll also be able to get the right type of client in yep. for us as well, right? But some, again, something that was, it was always meant to be a little bit like, you know, a little bit cool as well. If that, you know, sounds, you know, old, old, old Gen X now, but um, old millennial. Yeah, but, yeah, but it sounds, it, it sounds like you were trying to do the same thing again, right? When you became an instructor, you were trying to be the instructor that maybe you wished you had, right? And you're going to do it your way. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to build a clinic. What kind of clinic am I going to have? Look, it sounded as if you saw what you didn't like and you're like, okay, well, if I don't like, I'm ruling these things out, rule out, rule out, rule out. What do I want? What, where's the place I would want to go? And I work with a lot of people in content, right? And again, these parallels are crazy. And some people just, a person just asked me today, they said, hey, they're, they're going to be a guest in the podcast in the future. And they said, I said, what do you want to talk about? And he's like, what would your audience benefit from? And I said, I learned from Rick Rubin, the music producer and Rick and he's like, don't make it for the audience. Make it for yeah. yourself. Rick's like, I make stuff for myself, the artists and myself. We make stuff for ourselves. If the, and, and then the audience will find you. If you sit around yes. saying, what what is what are these people gonna like? Dude, it's too wide. And you'll be guessing and then you'll be forcing it. And he goes, It comes out all wrong. So it sounds as if you were like, you didn't say what's you know, what's this area gonna like or what are these few you were like, what am I what do I like? And then those people oh, sure, will find yeah, me. Yeah. There's there's some people I bet that came in and they were like, No, I don't like this. Great. That was never gonna work. That's, but the people who did that it fit I, were able to get it real you quick. That is so powerful for anybody going to start a business, physio, healthcare, otherwise, everybody Anything. And I don't know Anything. if this is matter, just right. the insulatedness of physio sometimes and where I, I mean I've said this is probably the third time I'm coming around to Get outside of physio, right? Right. You got to grow your mind outside of physio. You can't just be a physio and be successful at being a physio, but you have to, you have to find these things from other places and you need to, you know, you have to also, physios want to be loved, right? Well, I always do. feel like we're a little bit the ugly stepchildren of, of healthcare sometimes because, you know, we're a newer healthcare that's really accepted, but huh. we're kind of like, we're part of the medical schools, but we're chip on your shoulder, right? But we're kind of in the rehab Proving to the side. That we have the chip on our shoulder. Somebody else is building now, and now it's been retrofitted for you, and you always get the worst right. lab times for anatomy and stuff like that. And so we have this this problem where we want to be loved sometimes so much. Correct. And um, I, I think when people open their clinics or they start their Instagram yeah. business page or their you know their um, online business, it's I want every. How do I get people? It's, no, no. Yes, yeah, stop worrying about this because there's so much noise and there's so many people. Be this, you know. Be Rick Rubin, it's vanilla. Be, be Lincoln Park. Be that. Yes. Look, look at the accounts that blow up, and like use use. And, and here's the best part is because on yes. this yep. thing on the internet, people vote with their time yes. and attention, right? And then they vote with their money, right? So it's one. It's first. It's time and attention. Then money. So yeah, do you want it? Do you want everybody to like you? Then no one's really gonna <laughs> like you because I mean, no offense to anybody who's like, I like vanilla. Good, right? I like when someone describes a person good. as vanilla, you're like, well, that's that's not good, right? Like, oh, vanilla, that sounds horrible. It's the edges. Well, how do I get everybody to like me? You know, if no, you no, figure no, that out, please tell me. Really I would love to, to figure that, that out. Um, 
and this is gonna sound this is gonna sound like slander to somebody, but that's like um, Maroon no, Five. That's... You know, I want everybody to like me, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you're okay." But if yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. Five. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. I didn't want to. I don't want to start a war. But for a while there, <laughs> back in the '90s and early 2000s, it was Nickelback. But I will. But I actually defend Nickelback from north of the border, and here's why. Everybody, and I'm using air quotes. Everybody hates Nickelback. Yeah. Chad Kroger has a hockey rink at his house and 50 million downloads. And whenever, and and every once in every, a year, every other year, where I was a radio broadcaster, we have, you know, a a, a live but nation show with Nickelback, time. and everybody hates them. But the damn thing sold out in like in like every time. So everybody hates Nickelback. So there is this element of familiarity. I get what it is, right? So being a radio program director. Of a of a rock station, yeah. I would play like a new rock song, and then I'd play like a '90s Pearl Jam. I play a new rock song, and then I play like a familiar five year old Nickelback song, mm -hmm. and that's a way mm -hmm. to sort of balance. Like I'll give you a little bit of new and a little bit of familiar. So I feel like you can model a clinic design after that, which is, oh, yeah, give me a little yeah. bit of new, but if you give me too much, I'm gonna reject it because I. I need to have a foot in what I understand, and then I'll accept a little bit, like the graffiti behind you if you're watching a live stream. Okay, that's not normal, but I'll accept that. But what do I have? Okay, there's the other elements that are here that I understand. This is a healthcare environment. Cool. But there's music playing. Yeah. Okay, that's different. So it's like keep one mm -hmm. keep one foot in what I understand, and that, I'll let you have the other foot. Right. But that, that needs to be a balance. You know, if we take that back to that storybook, right? If we take that back to Jedi's, right? and somebody's coming into a physio clinic, you yes. know, they've been to a dentist clinic, they've been to their family physician, maybe not a physio clinic yet, sure. maybe they have, but yep. if you go in and it's something completely different, if it's just so dissimilar, it's like picking up a book, you read the first page and you're like, nah, and you put it right back down. A little bit, right? I get it. I don't understand context, but if you give me a little that I know, I'm willing to stick around, right? And that's balance. All right, so let's talk about people. You had hinted on, you had hinted on my, you know, you wanted to start a place where yeah. people. It was focused on clinicians because you said people a couple of times, but you meant clinicians. So in your expe yeah, built, experience built building, what you have five five clinics that you built. Appreciate that. Thank you. That's a that's not a small deal, anybody out there. What's the most critical factor in recruiting the right talent, not the most talent, right? Because the most is easy. Just buy a bunch of ads on LinkedIn or just recruit everywhere. So how do you look for that right? Because now they have to be sort of an extension of you. You can't scale yourself. That's how do you how do you find right you, people or good fit? Right? They're extensions of you as the clinic owner, the clinic manager. Um, because that's how you scale, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's only one way to scale in a in a healthcare business, right? It's um, you know we're we're a people first business. We, we're brick and mortar still. Like you have to you, unless you cloning yourself. Like there's no there's no way around it at this point. So. Um, finding the right people um right. and it's it's a challenge and i, I kind of stumbled upon a little bit of it as i got better at it maybe um a little trial and error i still think hr if we want to call it that from a, cl a clinical standpoint um you know how do we get the best how do we assume the best residents in surgical um departments get there, right? There, you have the head surgeons who are instructors. You have people running rounds who are making hiring decisions, who you see them in work and in practice. You've been able to talk to them outside of that. You've been able to pick their brains a little bit. And I don't think, right. you know, finding somebody on Instagram, I don't think finding somebody, you know, um, in a pack, a, a stack of, uh, of resumes, does that justice? Um, even having an interview for 
you know, let's say yeah. it was a two part, three part interview. I don't know if you're going to get enough. I think if you're, you know, that's where you are right now right. as a, as, as a business, as a, as an owner, like that's what you maybe have to work on right now, but continue to build out a lot of, you know, in the last, so I, you know, and, and just for sake of um, the story, you know, I, I, I've been out of my business now for six months. Um, but I probably six months before that is when I made the decision to start my departure. So I stopped doing the, the hiring for that for a year now, but a lot of, I, I'd say clinician wise, specifically for physios, I don't think I ever hired somebody in the last five to six years that I didn't already know that I hadn't built as a backbench. I've heard people call it, um, you know, waiting in the bullpen, something like that. But it's from being, you know, being at the schools, volunteering time, doing some instructor work as well, taking them on as mentors. Um, we never took client, uh, clinicians for their like six week or eight week practicums. It just wasn't set up that way, but we would take them for one day every week or a couple hours, um, you know, doing everything from at this, you know, the local school here is University of Toronto. So whether it's um, going into the lab and being a community community clinician, helping in with hands-on work or doing more kind of um, reason, clinical reasoning work with some of the students, getting to know them, understanding how they work with you as well. Like how do they take feedback? What type of feedback do they look for? Who's actually in, who's doing this just for a grade? Who's really invested in this? Uh, and then after they graduate, continuing to stay in touch with people over time, right? And um, and then they almost, if they don't end up working for you or they move somewhere else, but you've created a great connection, those are the referrals you're going to get from people. Um, or, you know, again, because luckily to be in Toronto, but other colleagues of mine who do some mentoring would oftentimes refer somebody directly into me and say, hey, I don't know if you're hiring, but I've got this great person, I think kind of matches up really well with you. And that was the last probably six years of hiring, five, six years of hiring. You know, sometimes we would still, but let's say, uh, you know, a call out for some resumes, but it, we just end up going to the people that you know anyways. Well, well I mean, outside of... You know, I'm not, I'm not married, but outside of getting married, like this is kind yes, of yeah. one of the largest commitments you're gonna make with a person. Right. I mean, I know the purchase yeah. is like, is like a house and a car. Right. But like, if this is your business, that's outside of a picking your partner, your significant other, like this person is going to represent you when you're not in the room and like how to figure that out. Like that's why talent acquisition is a, yeah. you know, billion multi-billion dollar industry, which is like finding the wrong person can cost you. A lot or everything, right? and, depending and on what field you're in. It can be in our industry specifically, you know, especially if you're in, an, uh, you know, a pay practice. It, it can be very debilitating, right? It's not just right. the time you, the money you spent on salary, the time you spend training, um, onboarding, all that other stuff. It, it's the damage it does to the the, the clinic brand, the clinic name, um, and that might, you know. One of those things they say, right? You can have five Correct. great interactions, and maybe nobody posts uh, posts on Yelp or on Google, but you have one bad one, and they're telling. Yep. Maybe yep. they don't post something, but they're telling their one. spouse or their partner or their family, people at work, and now you've lost. Correct. Yep. Yep. You can't wash that off, man. I mean, how many times do we see? Listen, and to, we're recording on December fourth. By the time this comes out, somebody will have stuck their foot in their mouth, said something they shouldn't have said, yep. and it's let the cat has left the bag. The bell has been rung and you can't wash that off. Somebody said, um, uh, a professor asked a great question in communication school, which was, uh, you know, who's responsible for public relations at an organization? And of course, it's a room full of communications journalism kids. And we're like, we are. And they go, everybody. 
You're either doing public relations well or you're doing it poorly, but you're doing it either way because everything, I mean, yeah. Jared, you mentioned Jerry, your front desk is public relations. How it sounds when someone gets a vo their voicemail greeting, that's public relations. How it feels when someone opens your website or opens a brochure, it's public relations. It's like a muscle. It's getting stronger, getting weaker. It's not staying the same. It's not happening. Yeah. And, and, and you have to look what you just said, right? It's like the website, the phone reception, walking into the reception, all of it. Being handed, coming from the reception to the physio room, going outside to the gym, if that's the type of place it is. If those things don't all line up and continue to build, that brand, that can, continuity of the story, um, and that if that's all not the extension Correct. of the that initial goal, like you're you're either losing people, you're losing staff, you're whatever it might be, right? And it's that's there's yep. a lot of as we see now, and I know you're you're tuned into this better than I am, but with every clinic that opens now, it's like hard launch on Instagram or TikTok, and there's not necessarily that yep, yep, you know, yep. oh hey, there's this. Because you can make yourself look real big on Instagram or, or TikTok very easily with some, some small equipment. But then what happens when you get into yep. the clinic? Yep. What happens when you, you haven't talked right. to front Does desk it... and your admin team, who are quite frankly the most important people in that building, how to interact with people, how to have a good opening communication with somebody? Yep. Uh, it, that's where we lose stuff, right? What's the uh, what's the state? Is there a steakhouse in in the states? It's Smith and Wal Smith and Walensky's, I think. That's like a bougie steakhouse. They have like what's what's like a bougie restaurant that like is top so, shelf yeah, in Canada. I, well, like, you, what's, one, what's, any kind of food, Toronto, whatever. Uh, that everybody always talks about still to this day. It's called Harbor Sixty. It's in the Harbor Commission Building. If you ever hear. So you walk in. So you walk into Harper Sixty, and they're selling a steak that had the head chef yeah, from the yeah. at, from the Outback Steakhouse bought. It's the same, but you walk into that place and the waiters are wearing white yeah. aprons and they all have a yeah. tie. I don't know. Like that's what Smith and Wolinski's is, right? You're not just buying the steak. The advertising professor would say you're buying a little, you're buying the sizzle, baby. So it's like, if these don't matter, if the price doesn't feel like the experience, again, we don't sell a product in physio sell a service and i want to know what it smells like what it sounds like walk into an apple store and walk into a best buy and you're telling me it's the same thing absolutely not you understand and you're okay with that apple store experience so it's it's amazing to me when people get it wow look at that he must have succeeded by accident or like that was that was luck it's like i don't know man they paid attention to enough of the right levers to pull to get the biggest effects you know, down downstream. So, all right. So we talked, I asked you about getting the right people, like finding or trying, or, you know, trying to hedge your yeah. bets to find the right people. What about keeping the right people? What about retention yeah. strategies? Like how do, you know, when someone says like, how do you keep the right people? Yeah, it, you hinted at this before this though. Puzzle. It's something that I think has changed a lot. And I don't know how, you know, the egress and egress of people have changed, especially through the pandemic issues. The hardest time right. we had was reopening um, after you know being shut down by the government for we were shut down for eleven weeks I think. Um, wow. I mean, I found some loopholes to stay open at least one day a week because you know I was going I was going stir crazy. But right. as a clinic, we opened eleven weeks later, and that was the biggest issue because now you have you know people who don't want to take the transit, and you have people who might have taken that opportunity to move out of the city with their partners or whatever it might be. Um, it's also being a, a metropolitan area, you know, it's highly condo, like we, we set up near condos because it's high density, easier place to attract people. 
you're able to have a, like a, a nice big footprint in a smaller kind of area where there's a lot of competition. But that also means sure. as your therapists get older, they might be looking to, I say, settle down, but, you know, maybe some have families, maybe they want to, you know, their white picket fence in a big yard for their dog to run around with. And it's, that's maybe been changing for us a little bit. Um, and it's, you know, because it's physio, and there's a lot of clinics, especially in a city, you don't want to make, you don't want to make a 30 minute Choice. commute anymore. You can always go work somewhere else, you know, yeah. that's now down the road to you as opposed to the way it used to be. So I think it's changed a bit. Uh, I also think physios, like, like, go back to this. Physios are a little bit of a different breed of person sometimes. And I've heard some people say, well, like, you know, sure. one, I, I still always think physios are criminally underpaid, um, just across the board in general. Yes. Um, that's one. Um, so, you know, I have, you know, I, friends and colleagues here who say, oh, you know, you know, and I'm, Toronto and Ontario, people talk a lot about what's their percentage of their billing fees as opposed to maybe what their actual end of year take home is, which is a whole different right. argument with how do you talk about this. It, you know, you're a new grad and people are offering 40%. You're maybe somebody's offering you 45%. Again, changes with how busy you are, but for the sake of the argument, it, you know, physios who are now owners sometimes don't want to give up 1% when a, when a therapist is asking them after a good year and I'm like, you know, let's do the math. A a good physio bills $220,000 worth of physio. Like what does that actually mean to you? Right. Over a year. Um, Can you not run your business by giving that person 1% and making them happy to do that? What will it it cost to lose that therapist? What could it cost? I I was getting at the end of my, my time at my clinic, it was, a big argument for me was trying to get the front desk and the support staff paid more money. Um, and I wanted them to get over, right. you know, we have a minimum wage, 15, 15, 50, moving up to 16, but the living wage in Toronto is 20, $21. So I was trying to get this pushed up. Um, and I understand like, Hey, I'm one of the owners, like it's coming out of somewhere. I know that, but, and I, sure, sure. For whatever reason, we all tend to feel as business owners, or if you're in charge of that pay, it's like, Oh, that's a lot of money I'm giving up to somebody for a reason that, you know, for whatever reason that is. And at the end of the day, you got to think to yourself, well, if I have to pay a front desk support staff $1 more an hour, $2 more an hour, that's 40 hours a week, that's $80 a week I'm spending, right? That's, can, can I not afford that? That's one physio session. Maybe I got to get my ass and do one more right. physio session. To, but it's that not. What does that person say? A good, right. I don't know if it's because we, you know, as physios, we all start with a salary. We all think it's too small. We all... Little, little cheap as we continue to move up. But so, I mean, the, it's such a simple answer to give you right off the bat. But the number one is it's just pay people an appropriate livable wage for the work that they do to make them feel appreciated. What a radical, crazy, a radical idea. All the radical ideas Nuts. come out of Canada. Cause that's where, are you annoyed that whenever something goes batshit crazy in America, we all <laughs> threaten to come to Canada? Are you like, don't freaking come here, you I, nuts? I, I'll usually send send people I know a message and say, like, let me know if we need to get you, like, if we need to dig another underground railroad to get you guys up here. (laughs) But everything that you, everything you said to to answer my question of, well, how do you keep people? You start talking, you you started spouting off, well, distance and what do they want and what are they focused on? I just boil that down to you paid attention to the audience again. Yeah. yeah, Right. You paid attention to like, what, what do you want? What drive, what drives you? Right. Like, is the question that you're trying to answer and then hey does that fit because you understand listen if i'm in 
it's downtown Toronto and you want a white picket fence and you want a 40, you know, 30 minute commute, that's yeah. not going to work because you've got to have that. And you're like, hey, man, I've done everything I could, but that's not a good fit for you anymore. And that's OK. That's a great reason to not, you know, not 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 be connected. But until that time. Just sounds like you paid attention to the audience. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, we keep coming back to that same that, that same lesson, right? And uh, I, I think the the only other right. thing I would add to retention, um, more towards the younger therapists and specifically the younger therapists. Right. I know there is a definitely a movement from clinic owners, you know, because what do you do after you have one clinic, right? You want a second clinic. You want to expand right, your right, clinic. You want right, to scale right. up. How do you do that? You got to not be there, right? So. There's all, you know, there's a lot of people talking about business in healthcare in the US and in Canada. I am yet to be shown that it can work and you can keep the same level of um, the same level of retention, the same level of client and patient, um, you know, success without somebody who's an identifiable owner at the I'm not talking as a So you hours. need like a you need you need someone who has the or understands the vision on site physically. I, I think so. And I because the physio, the chiro, the massage, osteo experience is again, it's a very tactile experience. It's an in-person experience. Sure. Getting a weekly email from your owner who lives in the beach right. isn't doing right. it. Right. And if it doesn't do it for me, I know right. it's not going to do it for a lot of people. Um, it, right. If too there's, it's too detached. You're not there on the day-to-day -day issues. They're not in the trenches with you. They're not there if you need a hand with something. Um, and that, that's something I've Correct. had people tell me in the past. That's not just me saying, hey, yeah. I have it right. That's something I've had multiple therapists at different levels <laughs> tell me that they're like, why do I like, I don't care. Sure, I'll, or I'll move to your clinic because I don't care, right? Right. There it is. I don't care how much you know or care how much you care. I care. Do you understand what my issue is at this clinic? Is it not just as a patient, as as a as a uh, colleague? And are you here? Do you actually understand? If you live at the beach and I'm here at the clinic and I get an email, great. We can you can do stuff from wherever. Does that satisfy the thing that person needs? If the answer is no, it's not going to work. I know it does on paper. It does on a yeah. white a whiteboard, but in practice, you're saying it, it, it doesn't work. You're making it sound too easy. We're supposed to simple, it's not easy though. It's simple. Correct. You gotta, you gotta make it. Oh, you know, three hundred bucks for the two ninety nine for the online course. Make it ninety nine. <laughs> if you sign up now, it's ninety nine dollars. But it's just, it's just us saying, break. hey, it's easy. <laughs> just listen. All right, you ready to do? We do a, a thing called three questions. I just, I just give you. It's like warming up the goalie. I just give you three slap uh, shots in a row. Right, you ready for right. three questions? On the hot seat with three questions on the PT Pinecast. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends at ATI Physical Therapy, leading the charge in uh, PT clinical research with more than 900 of their clinics receiving top marks in CMS's merit-based incentive program. They're a team to join for career growth. Explore the opportunities now at ATIPT.com uh, for what's open there. They're all over the place. Three questions. Number one. I want to know this. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? This is this is very telling about the person. It's nothing to do with superpowers, but it's all about you. What 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 would you have as a superpower? What would it be? I I would go with the regenerative powers of Wolverine. Of Wolverine, like Logan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen here. There's a reason a lot of us got into you know physical Ooh. health studies, and why is that? Because we we're hurt a lot. You know, um, this. You know, I'm not a big guy. This begs the question. Yeah. This begs the question, though: if 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 physical if physio was a superhero, 
who would they be? It, it gives a really and you know, hey, maybe some uh, massage with the with the adamantium claws or something like that. Could be, could what, be a good what, fit. Maybe a little. What, what was that trend? They already had those steel things that they were like scraping. That's what. It, oh, they, grass they, technique. Yeah, yeah they I I A S T M rubbing butter knives on each other. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the thing. Second question: What's the most memorable piece of advice you got from a mentor or colleague? You alluded to the guy in the gray sweater and khakis, but it could be anybody. What's a piece of advice? That you're like, I remember that. Maybe I live by that on a semi-regular basis. Oh, that that's a geez, that, that's a hot, spicy question. Yeah, that's a hot, spicy question. Um, I, I would I would still go back to to that one interaction we talked about earlier with um, there was you know just some jazz music playing and yeah. it, it was it was just really telling because you know I'm this hot shot twenty four year old at the time coming out of school. Uh, you know, with my collar shirt and too much cologne on probably. And here, here this guy, he's like, I, you know, it doesn't matter. He's like, he would always joke, you know, mass, masters of physio. Oh, you want to talk to the master of physio, not me. Oh, man. And, you know, the, the, the lessons we're telling though, right? And it was, um, you know, have a little bit more, have a bigger worldview. Have a bigger worldview and how that connects to the, to the client and the patient. And uh, I, I think I, I'll take that as my answer because I think that, changed so much about how I was approaching that day and the yeah. rest of my time there and the rest of my career as well. That maybe well, now. got me some other, you know, some other lessons. Yeah. Sounds like it. All right. Third question on three questions. If you had to choose a completely different profession, what would it be? If you're like, nope, physio, not allowed. What would, okay. have, what would have been and why? Um, maybe, maybe bat boy. Um, is that, is that uh -huh. a little hard time work? Um, you know what? I, I would have been a contractor. I would have been a contractor. Um, I come from a family of contractors, but I was recently building a fence with my buddy at his new place. And maybe the most enjoyable day I had, um, you know, all fall was just, you know, putting your hands to it's something, holes, building man. something, you know, using a power drill. Yeah. Um, there's something, you know, I always say we're the, we're the carpenters of the healthcare system anyways, right? So yeah. we are mechanics, we're carpenters, whatever you want to say, but that's what we do. Uh, we just look at the world in a slightly different way. So I think if I wasn't doing this, maybe I'd be putting tile down on the ground and making those cuts and, you know, that grout down instead for a living. Love it. All right. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. This is the parting shot. Right, parting shot. Your chance for a mic drop moment. Oh, God, soapbox okay. statement. Uh, brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy with their fifth edition of Current Concepts of Orthopedic PT. A great resource. Constantly updating it. Wherever you are in your PT journey, and if maybe an OCS or being a better clinical uh, orthopedic PT is it. This is from the latest evidence. It's got everything in there. OrthoPT. Org. Parting shot, Maddie, what do you got for us? Okay, this is for, but mostly those younger therapists. Okay. okay. Stop arguing on Twitter about the best, uh, you know, what's the best evidence to, you know, for yeah. one injury or another. Everything comes down to a multi-mole approach, and that's been the evidence for 20 years. So yeah. stop clogging up my Twitter feed with that shit. <laughs> get a mentor, no matter what it is. Somebody who, like we talked about, is looking at you and helping you, helping you see manipulation or an acupuncture point. Um, and that goes for when you go into business too. Talk to people, be a human. Talk to people, meet people, be friendly. I heard great advice that you should have a mentor that is at least 10 years older than you. And you should have a mentor that's 10 years younger than you. So you don't get too, like you know, so it's like, it's two perspectives. You're thinking, how do I, how does this, how is the, how is the generation, you know, below me or younger than me? And also like, what did, what did the generation above me or before me 
learn that I could take it. And at first I was like, that's ridiculous. Why would I ask someone 10 years younger? And it's like, well, that's taking a little bit of humble pie. Like maybe, you know, you're saying there's nothing I can learn from someone younger than me. Come on, no way. Hey, your your vocabulary will stay young. Yes, it will. You won't have to you won't have to go to Urban Dictionary nearly as much. You'll right. understand what the cool kids are saying these days. Here's what else I've learned: they'll tell you if uh, your your jeans are too skinny. Yes, they they'll will. Tell you that. Yes, they right? will. They'll tell you. Uh, they'll tell you. They'll keep your fist in check. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> yes, they will. All right, Maddie, appreciate you stopping by. Let's have you back on. I feel like there's more we can do, and I we'll try it, to. Man. I really appreciate it. We'll try to figure out the next uh, Canadian Physio Conference. That was like four or five years ago. I know. That, that was fun, though. That was fun. Montreal is always a great place. I know. All right. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Uh, well, you know what? Thanks for coming to ours. Appreciate your time, man. Cheers, man. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.